Welcome to Behind the Product, a podcast by SEP, where we believe it takes more than a great idea to make a great product. We've been around for over 30 years, building software that matters more. And we've set out to explore the people, practices, and philosophies to try and capture what's behind great software products. So join us on this journey of conversation with the folks that bring ideas to life. Hey, everybody. I'm your host, Zach Darnell. Joining me on today's show is Chris Schenkel, our Director of Innovation, and Andy Chan, our Product Strategist here at SEP. Recently, Chris Schenkel gave a presentation on taking business strategy to product delivery. And I often find when a speaker presents at a conference or a meetup, they don't often have time to share all the context and nuance of where the idea came from and uh, maybe some of the context of uh, how people could apply that to their own world. So I asked Chris and Andy to expand on the talk that they gave. Also, a reminder that we're taking a lot of feedback from you guys, our listeners right now. And if there's somebody that we should be talking to or topics we should be talking about, please let us know and share that with us. You can send an email to podcast at scp.com or find me on LinkedIn, Zach Darnell, and send me a note. Really appreciate you uh, listening to the show and sharing any thoughts or feedback you might have. So without further ado, hope you enjoy the show. All right, guys, we gave the talk last week. It was our first SCP Talks event in the new building. It's really talking about uh, taking things from strategy to delivery. I mean, that, that's kind mm-hmm. of the premise. So, you know, tell me a little bit about why now. Why was this an important thing to talk about last week? One thing is it's coming up a lot with the clients when we do discovery. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, they, they come in and they'll have uh, a vision that they have to start with a project, and mm-hmm. they're just not quite sure what the practical ways to for, to get that to, well, you know, here's the vision that we have. Here's the thing we want to pursue. Now, what should we build yeah. and give us a clear way to communicate that? And what are the steps in the timeline that that should happen? And well, when you say discovery, explain that to our listeners really quick. Well, oftentimes it's how we work with clients to transfer the knowledge they have about this initiative they're pursuing to our teams. And more and more lately, it's for us to understand more of the why behind that they're doing the project. Mm. And a lot of the work has grown beyond us preparing our teams and right. it's moved into helping them work within their organization to make that project successful. So it's moving even from just uh, basic knowledge transfer into some kind of product strategy and raw consulting a little bit. Yeah, a lot of times what we have seen is that our clients will get some initiative, they have a direction, they have a sort of a target for where they need to be or what they want to get to. And they've been given a little bit maybe of a high level prescriptive, go execute on these things. The problem is when they look and evaluate those things, it's not clear how to get to the finish line Yeah, or even if it's possible. So they need to sort of move the ball. They need to move this initiative down the field but they know they're going to have to adjust what the overall expectations are. So they're going to have to work within the rest of the organization and the constraints of the organization to help bring people along and make progress and ultimately deliver something that the organization can step back and look at and view as successful. And so our clients in this situation, it's like the plane, we kept using the metaphor uh, when Andy and I were talking last week, the plane is in flight. Like we've taken off, 
And now they say, oh, by the way, we're going to land in a lake north of Ely, Minnesota. And you're like, but we don't have like- Plane can't land on the water right now. We don't right have now. floats right yeah. now. And they're like, yeah, well, figure it out. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. it's like, well, what do we do, yeah. right? And so a lot of times it's when you think about strategy and, and executing these initiatives, a lot of times it's you've done some strategy work beforehand to set this up as opposed to maybe been given a strategy and, and now know that, man, this is not going to work the way we thought it would. What do we need to do? And so a lot of this talk originated from how do we help customers go from the plane's taken off yeah, and we're not going to be able to land where we thought we were, or the organization thought we were. So what are we going to do instead? Mm. And how do we make sure that whatever we do ultimately benefits the organization and, and our clients and our customers and, and the direction we're moving? That's in, so, Andy, you kind of alluded to this, that, you know, so why now? Start a, we're hearing a lot more of this in discovery sessions with our customers, early, early stage projects here in our building. You know, Chris, you've been here for 25, close? Yeah, 26 years. 26. I'm curious, over time, is this something that's relatively new in our industry, or is it something that SEP has just started to get more involved in? I think there's two factors at play. One, you have more and more organizations that are recognizing the need for software, how software can play a bigger role in their products. I think we all see that, the growth of software as a whole and sort of the whole notion that software is eating the world. Mm. And at one point in time, and Andy often makes this point, at one point in time, any movement in that digital direction was good enough. But today the market's way more competitive. How many, go to the app store, how many How many apps are out there for a to-do list? How many yeah. different versions, yeah. right? And so it's become more important that the opportunities we're pursuing or the strategy we're putting in place, how we play and, or where we play and how we win yep. fit with what we're ultimately trying, ultimately trying to accomplish. And so I think the shift, one, the markets have shifted, it's more competitive and they need to be better at these things than they were in the past. And then the second piece, I think, is as we've worked with more companies and SEP has grown and we've added design and UX as core competencies. And we've started adding product and product management as core competencies. Mm -hmm. Customers have started reaching out to us to help them with some of these larger problems, more so than 20 years ago when it was pretty much just develop this piece of right. software. Go build this thing, not help me solve this problem. Right. And so yeah. I think yeah. I think as the markets change and it's forced customers to think differently, a lot of our customers realize, and I'm just not 100% sure how to be a software company given the history of, of their organization. And so we're able to come in and start to bring that software perspective around product and product thinking, around lean thinking and systems thinking, and to bring these ideas and help incorporate them into their world. And, and so that's, I think, is relatively new. That's fair. Yeah. And if you look up, you know, in the past, the go build this thing could give you a brand new capability that wasn't there yet. Like just the difference between having no software and some software could be huge. Mm. But now the go build this thing isn't enough. That just barely gets you to even table stakes, right. right? So if you want the competitive advantage, you have to do a lot more. And there's a lot more impact and value that you have if you have a way to use the software in a more strategic way. That makes a lot of sense. And, you know, as I think about... The talk that you guys both prepared and worked on, and I know, Chris, you, you you were the one that primarily delivered this, but I know you guys worked on this a lot together. Mm -hmm. It's a hard thing to talk through. 
You know, you often talk about and reference kind of the idea of the messy middle and trying to put a little bit of a thread through that messy middle is a lot of times what it seems like we're helping our customers with. Right. Now that you've given the talk a couple of times, what were you hoping that the audience walked away with? What was the the core message yeah. that you were hoping people that attended and heard this thing got? A couple of things. Um, one, I don't think oftentimes we see strategy as something that's very actionable. It's three bullet points on mm. a slide that everybody nods their head on, but everybody leaves the room and not really sure where to go or how to execute on that, or even more so in a a diverse organization where you have lots of teams, how do we get and align these different groups with IT or marketing or sales or whatever, engineering, these different groups, how do we get them aligned all working on the strategy and moving it together? So, So the one piece was like, how do we actually sort of think about building this actionable strategy? And what we talked a lot about was this idea of a North Star framework and this, this way to help them create these uh, levers to make the strategy a little more actionable and, and how to align teams around those input metrics. That's the first thing. The second thing is because so many of our customers, the plane is already in flight when they're coming to us, the like, let's go hire a bunch of people for this capability or let's do a reorg or realign. That's just not something that's feasible. And so whatever strategy you pick needs to be aligned with or fit the constraints of your organization. And oftentimes it's much easier to adjust the strategy than it is to shift the organization, right? But when companies go hire someone to give them a strategy, they bring in a Deloitte, a McKinsey, a BCG, BCG, they're going to deliver strategy independent of their context. Like like they're going to look at the market, they're going to look at opportunities that exist and they're, they're going to deliver it. And then when oftentimes what happens is when the execution of the strategy falls down, it's like, well, the strategy was sound. It must be a problem with the execution, right? And the reality could be that the strategy didn't actually fit the organization. So mm. two things that we really wanted people to walk away with, with this idea that the strategy needs to be actionable and we need to be able to drive from this long-term sustainable differentiated growth to something teams can work on. There needs to be clarity there, but then that whatever that is needs to be aligned with or have coherence with your organization. If there's a mismatch there, then you can um, you can have a lot of trouble start to fall down when executing. We've just seen that time and time again. So yeah, that makes sense, Andy. I'm curious. You know, in working with some of our customers, kind of sitting in in discovery workshops, starting to hear some of these things and seeing some of these trends, just with us with our customers, kind of leading to this. Uh, aha moment for this presentation. What were some of the things that you've heard and experienced and kind of worked with our customers to try to, you know, they come with an idea. Hey, we want to go build a thing. It's fuzzy. What are some of the things that you tend to see and do to try to work customers back in bringing clarity and trying to align the delivery to the strategy? So one of the first things we do is get an idea of their longer term vision. Oftentimes, when they do come to us with a vision, it's the vision that is for like what the larger company is pursuing. And it's not as clear cut about what it is for what the specific initiative is pursuing. Or Mm -hmm. if they have it, they don't have a good way to connect what that is to, well, how long will it take us to get there? You know, oftentimes they'll think, well, hey, the vision we have for what this specific initiative is going to do. Hey, we want to get there within half a year or a year and then we're done. 
And so to have that expressed in a way that shows like the why and where they're going to get to. Mm. And then from there to clearly identify the opportunities that actually make sense to address. Because whenever people come in, they they have a big appetite, you know, and they're excited to tackle this the problem in the project. Yeah. And yet the places where they are actually capable of having impact within a amount of time that can show that they're learning and making a difference. Once you start to understand the connections, the places where those opportunities are really great turn out to be kind of small and limited if you see how everything starts to fit together. So we really work with them to try to identify where these leverage points and these opportunities can be. Say more about the leverage points. What do you mean by that? Define that for me. So it kind of goes back maybe a little bit what I was saying when I was talking about sort of input metric. A lot of times we'll define this this sort of what we'll call a North Star metric. It's this mm-hmm. thing that if we can move the needle here, we believe it's a leading indicator of sort of this long-term differentiated growth or this this thing, right? So moving this is going to positively impact whatever the strategy is for the organization. The problem is that thing that we oftentimes want to sort of move isn't very actionable. Like it's hard to sort of uh, think about or figure out how to move sort of independently. So an example I used in the talk was talking about the desire to have a high quality of life. And it's like, well, geez, yes, I want a high quality life, but what the heck does that really yeah, mean? Yeah, what is that? Yeah, that's where my head was going. <laughs> right. And so, so then we say, okay, high quality life is a function of our ability to do these other things. And those other things are those, those levers, those input metrics, those things that we feel like we can sort of actually impact. So go back to high quality life. It's a function of our ability to eat well-balanced meals or, or, or whatever, like uh, get enough sleep experience rest, mm-hmm. good relationships. And and so, well, those are all things that are a little more actionable. We can actually start to build things right. or influence and move the needle there. And then the belief is, the hypothesis is that moving the needle in one of those, if I could help you like get better, get better sleep, sleep yeah. that your quality of life would go up. Right. Those input metrics and then that sort of North Star metric is what is sort of a persistent model. Those things for most businesses don't typically change year over year. If your strategy is changing year over year, it's probably not really strategy. It's probably a bunch of tactics. Interesting. And so being able to identify these things are probably true. So if I can get high quality of life, like eating better, better sleep, like those are things that are probably going to be true today and they're going to be true for quite some time. Yeah. Now the ways we do those may, we may have to tweak those. If you're a couch potato and you're just starting to get up next, like what we do for exercise and diet is going to be very different than someone training for a triathlon or an Olympic athlete. And so the tactics, those things that we may influence might change over time, but that overall sort of, uh, where where you're heading and what you're trying to influence don't change over time. Right. And so that's, that's a pretty persistent model. Yeah. And so we tie to that persistent model, to these input metrics the the product roadmap, which is a reflection of these opportunities or themes that we could go move. And then connected to that roadmap is this release plan oftentimes in organizations. And those are things that are that are typically time focused. A roadmap is for a year or we break it down per quarter and a release might be the next eight weeks or next six weeks. And so tying this this longer term persistent model that's not going to change very often to these time-based functions. That's how we plan and go execute work. For a lot of organizations, it's sort of an eye-opener. It sort of gives them like, oh, here's this where we're going in this sort of directional piece. 
and now we're going to build it up and we're going to work on it this quarter, this month or whatever, and, and create those pieces. So that it's really sort of an aha moment that kind of ties together this broad, big picture, long-term strategy with, man, I got a delivery yeah. team. What are we going to go do in the next to, month? That's right. Yeah. To go build stuff. Yeah. So how do I, how do I connect those? That's interesting. And I will say that's something that I've even experienced just managing teams and, and building products over the years that a lack of even having a North Star that's clear, it really can kind of stunt your ability to make good decisions in the day to day. Right. It really can. That's why like having some context as to where you're headed helps to inform the decisions that you're going to make today. You don't paint yourself into a corner. Yeah. So we've used this two by two matrix, right? We're consultants. We have to two by two. Uh, <laughs> Lots of two by twos. To really help facilitate interesting conversations. So if on the y-axis, you have sort of the organizational fit, right? And uh, the higher up you go in the y-axis, the better a fit. And the down you go, the, the worse of a fit it is. And then on the x-axis, you sort of have how a sort of market fit. Like, how are we fitting in the market yep. further to right? So the quadrant upper, you know, upper right is always sort of the, where we want to be. If you were to plot your product strategy on there, you may have a strategy that, man, it doesn't really fit the market very well. It doesn't fit with what you're you're trying to do, but organization might be an okay fit. Well, changing the market where the market is, that's difficult. Changing the organization is sort of difficult, but changing the strategy, when we talk about strategy, we start to talk about where we play, how we win, what capabilities do we need, what systems do we need. Mm. It's important that we start to understand those pieces. So it might not fit the market because we're choosing to play in an area we don't have expertise. So we work with a customer who was shifting. They had a, they were very B2B working with um, these medical facilities and um, they were trying to go B2C. But organizationally, they weren't really set up and structured that way, but they had the strategy like, oh, we need to do this because all of our competitors are also doing this. So they were really struggling. And so when we got in and sort of plotted and looked at that strategy, we said, well, man, this doesn't really fit your organizational context. Let's change where we play to going back, you know, focusing again back to the B2B, the value network that they had created with these medical facilities. And then, okay, so how do we win in that context, right? right. And it sort of led to this, what, what some people will talk about strategy, sort of an opinionated perspective, yep. right? To me, it's, it's a kernel of a good strategy. It's like this sort of opinion. So it's this sort of unique kind of thing that says, okay, well, we're going to play, we're going to work with uh, B2B and we're we're going to define how we win in that market. Now, given that, what systems and capabilities do we need? Mm. And it turned out like the systems capability, we could look at and leverage their existing technical architecture, the existing uh, IT architecture and infrastructure to support and deliver capabilities given that. And they were able to move the needle and move further down the road, execute on their strategy much faster Right, because they were using existing channels, that existing models that they were right. used to. Yeah, right. and so it, going back to like the strategy has to be actionable. We need to know how to like get something to teams to actually go build, mm. but it's got to fit the organization. And it's those two pieces together when they they don't work. I think is where a lot of organizations sort of struggle. struggle. Yeah, for us, I think SEP has sort of a, maybe a unique approach in that. So we have many years of applying systems thinking to solving software problems. Well, now we're applying that systems level thinking to strategy. We're starting to, to map that organizational strategy and understand the relationships and connections between these different pieces. And a lot of customers find that to be, to be really helpful. And so then in addition to that, it's applying this lean thinking. So we have a long history of a 
thinking lean and applying lean lean systems. And it's really then applying that to start to look at risk and dependencies and sort of understanding the organizational context and applying that thinking so that we can make the mat strategy and that sort of situation, situational awareness sort of match local, you know, coherence between those two pieces to help them move along to ex- yeah. ex- The reason we see a lot of this mismatch is the places you would think of to go for strategy don't actually serve these companies well because either they're business strategists that don't have a lot of experience for how software works, and then you get this where it doesn't fit the organization. Right. Or you have all the exams pulled from like Silicon Valley in their startup world, and a lot of their strategy is really targeted to aggressive high growth, right. which is not what these enterprise companies are pursuing with their projects. Or it's, you know, Netflix and Spotify that are pure software plays, and they've only ever been that, to a precision ag company that's been around for 120 years. With They built agricultural equipment, and now we're starting to bring technology to bear as they move forward in their business. Like, that's not exactly an apples-to-apples comparison. Yeah. So then the question is, you know, what do you do for, to, for a software product strategy yeah. approach that works with these organizations that have been around for a long time. They're large. They have a lot of moving parts. They have physical products. And they're trying to figure out how software can give them a competitive advantage. They've been in Adam's business for a long time. Now they're adding bits. And those worlds colliding are not the same if you're you're all bits. Yeah. A lot of the information coming out around software product management and stuff is coming from Silicon Valley and stuff. And so there's not a lot of people speaking into this space of, how do we apply modern product management, especially digital product management, and marry that with these organizations that are sort of designed and built to work a certain way yeah. and really sort of fitting those together. So we have a long history as an organization of working with those big companies. Yeah, We have a pretty uh, wealth of experience and knowledge around product management. So being able to bring those two together, I think we're really starting to serve, see, see an impact in our customers and serve them well. We got to go a little bit deeper here, just with the three of us chatting. If you could go back in hindsight, no presentation's ever perfect, right? What's one thing that you would want to maybe clarify or add now to somebody that heard the talk last week? By the way, we'll drop a link to that talk in the show notes here. So anybody that wasn't able to see it live could see it. A couple of things come to mind. Really, it's hitting that notion that the strategy, which sort of starts to boil down to where we play and how we win and systems Mm -hmm. capabilities we need. That aligning with the organization and making sure those fit, super important, super important. And for a lot of our customers where the plane is already in the air, they're sort of already been tasked with moving the needle, carrying this initiative forward. They can't rebuild or reimagine the organization. And so in that context, what do you do? And I don't feel like there's a lot of good, good advice there. And so you know, our advice there would be to really understand the context of the organization. What's the systems and structures, coordination, value streams, technical architecture. How do we make decisions and how do we create shared context for understanding and how do we do all of those things and build a strategy that's actionable? It's really sort of tying those two pieces together. Let's say I'm not the one that got to participate in the strategy conversation. I was handed the deck from a strategy consulting group. What's the, some of the tactical advice that we give some of those folks that we have found to be helpful and 
allowed them to kind of carry this message back to the organization of like, let's realign these things. Like, what have we noticed in some of those conversations with our customers? I think it's important, the words, the way we talk about it, right? So sometimes I avoid the realigning Mm. or reimagining. And it's really about moving it forward and making progress. So it's defining and creating these enabling constraints. It's understanding the value stream. It's really understanding what's going to get in our way and mitigating that uncertainty and risk and being able to make decisions in face of uncertainty. It's creating that actionable product strategy. Those are sort of the pieces that we really talk about. So Toyota has this thing, the improvement kata, which sort of says, hey, what's what's your current condition? Where are you today? Which is us sort of doing some diagnosis and understanding the current organizational context. Where do you want to be? That's our North Star Mm. that's sitting out there. And then what's the next step we can make to get there, take to get there? And how do we how do we sort of build, build on that? Yeah, channel your inner Anna, right? That's right. But you've got to understand these sort of two two extremes. Where are we today and, and where are we going? And the fact that we are getting asked to, to make progress. And I think so many organizations get bogged down and stuck in the face of uncertainty. They don't know how to make decisions. Mm. Or there's just so many things in the organization that it's hard to sort of corral all these different perspectives and get to something actionable that people can align to and and start to make progress on. And so I think that's where our ability to come in and help in both of those ways has proven to be really successful. And it's like sometimes you just need to take the first step. And even though there's still some unknowns, it's still better than having perfect information because I don't know that that, th- that actually exists. Last question here, and then I'll let you guys go. So what's the thing that you hope that people find most helpful about kind of the the talk that you guys designed and gave and with this information? We've kind of touched on probably a little bit of that, but what do you hope is is like, man, okay, I get to go take this away and, and I get to go do something now inside my organization? I'd like people to be able to find a clear way to make the connection between the initial business strategy to what they build yeah, and have everyone believe it and understand it and feel like they can take action on it. Everybody on the product team, everybody within the company? Everybody that's working on the effort and that they can coordinate with the other people in the company well to make it happen. Okay. Yeah. The coordination's key. Well, I appreciate it, guys. Again, I always learn a lot whenever I talk to you both. So it was a lot of fun to sit in on the talk. And I know my brain was going a million miles a minute right after you guys got done talking. So... Appreciate you letting me uh, dig in a little bit deeper. Yep. Enjoyed it. Appreciate it. Thanks. 